Welcome to the Father's Four Podcast, everyone. We're just four dads sitting around talking about how to be good dads. I'm Spencer Seal. I'm Trevor Beasley. I'm Brian Packer. And I'm Forrest Cole. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to help our kids solve their own problems. Anybody have a kid with a problem this week? <laughs> Loaded question. <laughs> I think it was one continuous problem. Yeah. How many problems are continuous? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a string of crises that in the world of a two and a half year old, it's like earth shattering. Yep. <laughs> it happens. Do share. Well, I, I made the joke before we were online. I'm, I'm trying really hard to teach my daughter how to um, bridge uh, or eliminate the bridge, I guess. I don't know. Um, how to not jump to frustration immediately um, because she'll want something, try to get it, and um, maybe because her motor skills aren't super developed or she just doesn't understand Velcro, she'll like immediately get really mad um and and will immediately just thrash throw things down get upset and tell us about how she wants something uh and i try and like walk her through it slowly calmly and say like look you can put your shoe on yourself you know peel back the velcro insert the foot close the velcro three three easy steps and i don't know Maybe like 30% of the time she gets that one. <laughs> um, and I think the lesson is beginning to stick. I'm, I'm noticing more and more that um, she she can see that when she takes a deep breath and just focuses, it it's easier. And she can actually do it. So she can be taught. Kids can be taught. <laughs> um, but it's a process. Yeah, you know, sure. Getting them to just slow down and not jump to frustration. Yeah. Mm. And it like depends on where they are emotionally in that moment, right? Yeah, if that's they're true. tired and yes, those things are much harder to come by. And where you're at emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, where you're at. Yeah. Back to be like, yeah. And is the Velcro too scratchy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and thinking about it, as a 29-year-old, I'm like, you know what? I actually do the same thing. I may not thrash and throw <laughs> my shoes, but uh, <laughs> you know, well, uh, I can definitely, <laughs> I definitely can jump to frustration just like my three-year-old. I think it's interesting. I was thinking about um, with both of my kids. So my youngest, Holland, is kind of starting to get to the stage where she wants to be more independent and do things on her own. And I'm still very used to like doing everything for her. And so it's hard for me sometimes to step back and let her try stuff because she doesn't have like the motor skills yet to where she can, I mean, she can like put slip on shoes on, on on her own, but like a lot of other things, she wants to do it on her own and will get mad at me for Mm -hmm. trying to help her, but she can't do it on her own yet in a lot Mm -hmm. of scenarios. So with her, it's balancing like, you know, how, how long am I willing to let her try something before we need to get out the door but let her try it versus like, I just need to do it for her because we got to go. And then with my older kid, Paisley, she's kind of past that stage where she, uh, can do a lot of things on her own. Kind of, you know, same with Robin, she's able to do a lot of those things on her own and definitely has those same moments where like I have watched her, you know, 
put a sweatshirt on a hundred times and for whatever reason, she'll get in a mood one day and be like, I can't put it on. Mm -hmm. I, you need to do it for me. And that's, that's what she'll say. You need to do it for me. And I'm like, I feel the same way sometimes. <laughs> the hammer comes down like this. All hit very close to home. Yeah, is a you know an old man. Will you do it for me? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, with her, it's uh, trying to find that balance of like, where do I step back? And instead of jumping in and be like, okay, let me just do it for you because you're being a little you know a little snot about it. Mm-hmm. Where do I just like step back and be like, no, like. You know how to do it. I know you know how to do it. I've watched you do it a hundred times. You may be not in the best mood or, you know, maybe it's a little harder this time, but you can do hard things. You can do things when you're not in the best mood. And so, you know, I can, I can give you a little help here and there, Mm -hmm. but I want you to do it. So it's, yeah, it's like balancing from opposite spectrums with both kids just because of where their age is at. Yeah. Have, when you just mentioned my kid well let me say this my kids do that all the time yeah you know fisher my four-year-old has put on his shoes by himself many many times right he's the do it the self kid but there are those moments where he'll say i can't do it i don't know how to do it so i wonder where that comes from is it attention seeking? Is were they wanting attention? Is it attention seeking? I wonder. It, what like what? I, I I don't know the answer, right? But it can be so many things. Like they maybe they observed something during the day of where you were helping the other, you know, yeah. his brother or doing something else, and he's like, hey, "I want that." Yeah. Yeah. I all of a sudden don't know how to put on my shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Dad, help me. Thought it is a control thing. Oh, like I, I feel that my kid wants the satisfaction of knowing that she can manipulate me <laughs> to into doing something for her that she can do herself. Like, oh, yeah, dad, I've got him. He's my she's he's just my biatch. You know? <laughs> I've got him. He can start the, uh, the queen check real quick to make sure she's still got it. Yeah. <laughs> still in charge. Yep. <laughs> yes, dad put my shoe on for me. So I don't know. It could be control. It could be attention. I have no idea. I'm sure for each kid it's different. It's different. And probably each scenario. I feel like most often with my kids, it feels like um, some form of an attention. They, they, it's usually Paisley who is in the like, I can't do it by myself, even though I know she can. Mm -hmm. And it's oftentimes uh, during a transition period where we're like needing to go somewhere and Mm -hmm. she's, you know, Mm. pumping the brakes and just really digging her in and I'm in a hurry. Yeah. And, and so she knows, like, that's probably go. the most important time to help. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's when I notice it the most. It's not during the times when we're just having a great, you know, chillax day and not doing anything. <laughs> it's inevitably like always like we're five minutes, you know, the five minutes late to get somewhere. And I know you know how to do this. I'm trying to help your sister who doesn't know how to do it. It would be way easier if you did it by yourself and I helped her and then we're all done at the same time. But instead, she digs her heels in and is like, mm-hmm. let me make this process 10 times harder. Mm, right. So, yeah, I feel like yeah, a- attention or even just know, like reading the room and then making the complete opposite choice of what a logical adult would make. <laughs> Do you guys have any moments like from your 
youth of something you couldn't do or a problem you had and you wanted your old mm. man to like intervene do something for you but he wouldn't you know, it was like a teaching moment feels like a really long time ago it was <laughs> for you and I <laughs> um I remember math homework. Yeah. Oddly son enough, of an accountant. the uh, son of an accountant <laughs> who became an accountant. Uh-huh. I was terrible at math. It was my least favorite subject. Hated it. And the irony. That's crazy. I know. I know. I have never understood why I became an accountant, but uh, yeah, hated math. And I remember countless nights, just hours trying to figure out stupid math homework and uh, just bawling by the end of it because I was just so frustrated. Mm-hmm. And my dad would come and sit down and try and you know walk me through it. But he was very much in the camp of not doing it for me and not like telling me every step because he wanted me to kind of figure out the concepts for myself mm-hmm. so that I could do it on my own later. And that infuriated me at the time mm. because it was like... I know that you know how to do it and I can't seem to figure it out. I just want you to show me how to do it so that I can get my homework done and go play or go to bed or whatever. And his, he was very patient and would not like just leave and would not give in and be like, yeah, we'll just, I'll do it for you. And so it was like, awesome it was a good teaching moment and i felt like i learned a lot more that way but man did that piss me off it's like sure. just yeah. oh for sure teach me <laughs> i mean I, I i've been trying to rack my brain and think of something from my childhood i'm sure there are many that i just are escaping me at the moment yeah. you know i i think as an only child and both my parents worked. I was a pretty independent kid and kind of had to figure out Mm. some of those things on my own. But excuse me. One of the things, well, some things that I am trying to do with my boys is to be patient, right? Give them the independence to do things on their own, which will in turn, you know, teach them to, and we've talked a lot about independence on this show and it'll teach them to be self-reliant and to take care of their problems. But I want them in my patience. I'm trying to teach them to be calm. This doesn't always work, right? We're talking about little kids here, but I think, you know, like the Velcro shoes, right? If you can, Learn if they'll learn eventually that okay, this is a stressful situation, this is a problem. If they can just find their peace, find their calm, I think they can go at it, right? So with my oldest August, he he's a wild child, man. He's always been my feral kid. This kid is like he's full of energy. He's a little bit weird sometimes, <laughs> which I love, right? He like, mm-hmm. but he's always like kind of in your face, like trying to poke you and, sure. you know, and <laughs> like jump on you and, you know, and he's just got so, it's just so much energy. 
And sometimes that energy gets gets a whole, controls him and gets a hold of him, and he starts like, you know, we're right now we're talking to him and trying to teach him about people's personal space and hmm. and respecting people's bodies, right? Because he'll want to run up and poke you and pinch you and do all this, sure, all these kinds of things, and just you know, as he's in school and he's going to be socializing, he can't be. It's one thing as a family, he can't be doing others. Anyways, so we have a we have a uh, code word. If I feel like he's, I can see him going because it used to be before. Like I'd be like August, August, you got to calm down, you got to calm down, yeah, got to calm down, and that just doesn't work for him. Yeah, you know. So we use the word Namaste. Oh yeah, because yeah, we were doing we were doing yoga good. for a long time. This uh, Cosmic Kids yoga on YouTube for a long time, and she says Namaste at the beginning, at the, at end. the end, and so I was like, oh, he knows that word. You know, it doesn't mean calm down, but it's a word. And like, so for Brooke uses for when he's using language he shouldn't be using, she uses the term applesauce. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember where it came from. Right. But like, so those things, those code words for us have really helped because it doesn't always help, but I've seen him a couple times be like, August, namaste. And he'll go. <laughs> you like breathe, like breathe. You know? and I'll there be like go. oh great it worked so those are just I mean nothing's perfect nothing is gonna be the end all be all but I, I feel like to help them solve their problems I've tried I'm trying to get them to get find their calm well I like the I like the code word because the thing I thought of as you started sharing the story was okay we we help them through that situation right now but how do we help them to remember the next time what yeah. we went through? Yes. He's, you've got the code word. Yeah. It's something that he remembers and you say it. And if he, it catches him just right. He's like, oh yeah, it's time to, okay, yeah. time to breathe. Time to bring it back down. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I like that. I've heard it, it said that um, the problem of young kids, like little kids is they jump quick to anger, like exactly. Like sure. Like their energy just goes. Kind of them. like a lot of us dads. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. But no, they, so when a little kid will get discouraged or, or frustrated, rather, it, it turns into anger. But when, as they get older into teenage years, when they're met with adversity, it turns into discouragement and then just quit. Right. Mm. Do you think, and I don't have teenagers, none of us do, except Brian. You, you've been through that. Does that hold true? Do you Did you find that to be the case? I think there's things, yeah, I think there's things that they'll later in life be like, yeah, I don't even want to bother with it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's case. I mean, I see that in myself, you know, throughout my life, you know, it's, there's certain things that even as an adult now, it's like, I don't want to deal with that now because I know it happened last time I tried to. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, how do we help our kids overcome that and know that they can pretty much, you know, do it? what they envision. Yeah. Calming a kid down is like a temporary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. That's a small, yeah. that's that little, small, little moment there that you're yep. trying it's to, very, it's very proximal. Yep. You know, but, uh, getting a teenager or a young adult to, that can be like, tricky. Combat discouragement. The, that problem. That's right. Huge. And that's especially hard, you know, now, I mean, Forrest and I obviously grew up in a different time period than that, but just the, Everything they have at their fingertips right now. I mean, um, yeah, that's what there's, I was say. there's so much that discourages them. And 
my wife and I were talking about it earlier today. It's like, you know, is the world really worse now than it's been maybe when we were growing up? Or is it just feel that way because everything is at our fingertips and we're seeing everything and hearing everything. Yeah. And I think that's the big struggle that our, you know, that I saw with my kids during, you know, junior high and high school was uh, the comparisons, the just like I say, everything's right there at their fingertips and they, they see the pain and the struggles, the negativity that people go through. Mm-hmm. They see the, the successes and the good things too, but I think it gets outweighed by things, you know, just constant bombardment of, of negative and, you know, the woes of the world that are going on right now. Mm. But I don't know if that's kind of one thing I thought of was, you know, we're, I think it's just so, so different. So how do we help our kids? You know, how, how are you guys with the, the younger kids? You know, I, I yeah. feel for you. Yeah. It's I mean, interesting what you're going to go yeah, through. That's interesting. I mean, I am glad that I didn't grow up with social media. Yeah. In many ways. I don't Same. hate social media, but I do often worry about my kids. Like, I enjoyed it more 10 years ago than I do, you know, now. I just yeah. I felt like there was. It's a lot different now. It's so much different. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said about today's day and age and everything being instant. Mm-hmm. Instant yes. gratification. Mm-hmm. And so it is, you know, as as your kids are experiencing something, especially your older kids mm-hmm. where, you know, if they don't succeed at something right away, Oh, that's, yeah. they're so used to mm. being able to access something immediately or, you know, not that they get what they want immediately right. necessarily, but they're so used to seeing instant gratification in nearly everything that, yeah, like, if you, you know, maybe you, you try out for a sport and you don't make it and, you know, everyone else seems like they're making it or you're just so used to seeing this instant gratification or instant success and then you don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like, yeah, I should just quit because right. Right. They, they're not used to having to like tough it out for the long haul. That's not as common anymore i don't feel yeah. like i think one th- so much com- uh, sorry to, yeah so much comparison yeah right like when when i was I, I think i told the story not too long ago or maybe it was even last time about going and trying out for the soccer team in my <laughs> freshman year and yeah. not making yeah. it and getting mad yeah. at the coach blah 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 all i had to compare myself to was the kids that made the team yeah right, right? not like some you know all this all these other comparisons that are we have more access to today. It's interesting, yeah. but well, that's what I was thinking was, you know, so I think the big key, you know, with, with you guys, with the younger kids is helping your kids to understand that the, not everything is going to be a success and not everything's going to be easy. And if there's things that you like, you know, I mean, we talk about sports a lot. If, okay, if there's a sport that you really like and have other things as backup. So that when that one, doesn't work out the way you want it to. There's other things that you're really interested in that you thrive on and that bring you joy and that you don't always have to be the, the star athlete, but Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe you're really a really good artist, you know, and can thrive in that way. You know, I've been really proud of my, with my youngest this last year because he got himself involved in, um, 
you know, the school district we're in has an applied technical program and he's been doing the engineering program, Mm. but he also golfs and he, he loves basketball, but he's, you know, he Mm -hmm. stopped kind of trying out for teams, you know, a few years ago, but, but he's got some fallbacks too. So that when that stressful or that unsuccessful moment happens, he knows that, Hey, there's something else here too, that I really enjoy. And I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think kind of along that same line is one of the great lies that are told to teenagers, especially is that you will start a hobby, you know, a club, a sport, whatever, and instantly be good at it. And that is like, you're a natural and you've got the gift and you should just pursue (laughs) it. I had this awesome coach that, um, on day one of every season, he would say, some of you guys are new This is your first time playing football. And you know what? You suck. Yep. <laughs> but if you keep playing and practicing and are humble and being and, and you're willing to be coached up, you're going to be good. Yeah, you might so, become better, but you still yeah. might see, you yeah, still you, might not you might be suck. good. You might and you'll become learn. really good. Um, and uh, it it's so true. People are told all these stories about you know these these savants. They're like so good at whatever it is that they're doing. And um, kids, I did. I thought, well, I have to be that right in something. The comparisons. Yeah, yep, exactly. And I don't know. I never was. I never found this <laughs> thing that I was like amazing at, you know, like so like world class level. Growing no, hair. I was never, never any of that. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it discouraged me. I was like, man, I am not a natural yeah. at anything. And um, this is this was a great lesson from my dad. What he told me was like, look. The people that are naturals at this stuff that you compare yourself to, like Michael Jordan, yeah, he's probably pretty good at basketball from the moment he picked it up. Like he, right, that, yeah. And that is a one in a billion case. Yeah. And everybody else that you see that might be good, that's like starting on the, on the team, whatever, they just worked really hard. And right. they liked it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the problem of discouragement that my dad helped me solve was – don't don't quit at something because you're not good at it right away. Uh, see it through, and if you still aren't very good at it, and after a little while you don't like it, fine, drop it. But uh, don't be discouraged because you're not good immediately. Yeah. And how do we teach our kids to overcome the discouragement if we struggle with it too? Yeah. You know, I mean, I there's things I you know I look at and go, I just I look at myself right now. You know, 22 years into my career, been doing pretty much kind of the same core thing for that whole time but i've had a lot of doubt over the last couple years about my abilities and what i what i do am i really good at what i do do you know because i look at things and go there's the comparisons no i'm not as good as a writer as forest or no i don't do as good in in this you know way as that person and that and so maybe i'm not maybe i haven't kept up with you know all the, the latest and greatest trends and how yeah. things have shifted in that. Maybe I'm still stuck in 10, 15 years ago of doing, you know what I do and then, you know, as a communications professional. So it's, uh, I think there's that, you know, there's that discouragement as the parent. So how do we overcome it? Yeah. So that we're yeah, the good example to the, <laughs> right. To the kids. Uh-huh. Well, it all just comes down to how we deal with failure. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. right. Like how do you deal with, failing at putting your shoes on how do you deal with failure as an older teenager you know i mean i think yep you know 
I don't necessarily know the answer because, you know, I look back to when I was a teenager and some of the stories I've told where I did fail, like, you know, not getting on the soccer team or uh, this geometry class. I was like always really good at math and I had a bad teacher. Maybe I, I think I told this story. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, I'm done. And then I just failed from that point on, really, you know, like didn't do as well as I could have. And I look back on that and I'm like, what could I have done different? You know, part of me wants, want it, you know, looks back and is like, my parents should have been like, look, <laughs> if you want something, you go fight for it. But what have, would I have listened to my parents? Right. Right. Also right. What I think. <laughs> sure. Right. And like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and I think we understand more now too, what our parents went through the stress of, <laughs> The stress of paying the bills and working mm-hmm. and taking care of the family and all that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes shame on us for not always recognizing the yeah. struggle that our kids may have. So yeah, there's, it's a give and take for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you kind of mentioned like, how do you deal with failure? And, and you, I, I don't know there is a one right answer. I feel like, I mean, there's, you just keep trying. You keep, mm-hmm. you know, you get up and do it again. Do it. So, you know, maybe you don't make the team and you just keep practicing or whatever. Or, you know, maybe you, you can't get your shoe on. So you decide, you know what, today I'm going barefoot. You yeah. know, so that's, that's your way of dealing yeah. with it is finding an, an alternative that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe is different than what you expected or that's has a different okay. outcome, yeah. but is, yeah. you know, yeah. still something that you're moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there's, there's definitely different ways to deal with failure. And I think, so going way back to when you talked about the code, the code words, one thing that I thought about when you were saying that is um, in, in teaching the code words to your kids and kind of helping them to know like, hey, you're at this point where, you know, you're about to cross a threshold almost. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is helping like August, for example, that's helping him to recognize that um, emotion or that feeling in himself so that is setting it up, setting him up for the future because Mm -hmm. it's something where you're not intervening on your own and, and, you know, helping him breathe or whatever. You're not doing all of that for him. You're simply just giving him a code word that helps him to recognize in himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, there's going to come a is, time where he's going to recognize. Yeah. yeah he's going to say to himself. This is what this feels like. Yeah. This is what I yeah. feel like when I am a little bit out of control. Yeah. Dad is helping me r- realize that and recognize that in myself. But then he's the one who's taking it on himself to breathe and calm down and, you know, bring himself back down. Mm-hmm. So when you're not there, um, he's going to be able to have that moment where I guarantee later in life, he's going to have a moment where he's starting to lose control a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's going to feel it. And in his head, he's going to be like, namaste. Mm-hmm. And he's just yeah. going to chill himself out. That'd he's going cool. to hear your yeah. voice. Your, years from now, <laughs> you're going to hear him say that. And it's going to be the most satisfying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to pee your pants a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, that's what I was thinking about when you were saying because that. he's old. Is that why you're saying? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I mean, and look like we, as, as everyone has said, like even as adults, we make mistakes and, and we have problems that we don't succeed at. Right. We might yeah. have a problem and we're like, Oh, that we, that 
we didn't solve it. Yeah. We, we failed. You know, I think as adults, you know, we have learned to master our emotions a little bit better. Sure. Better than a three-year-old, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. hopefully. The fact that my three-year-old watched a football game with me and screamed, kill his ass, would probably tell you that I have not mastered my emotions. But anyway, carry on. (laughs) That's great. That's so good. Sorry. So I can't deny that I have said stuff that I regretted. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Just sort of reminded me. That's awesome. Maybe solving my own problems. So I used to be a terrible like like aggressive driver sure like, not necessarily Is that why doesn't at, let you drive not necessarily as i the way i drove maybe people would really say i was but like road rage sure you know and especially like driving in new york i, mm. I didn't have a, a car the whole time but eventually i bought a van for my business and i can remember on multiple occasions all my employees in the van and I'm like leaning out the window, <laughs> screaming at profanities at people. Like, I love it. Probably just like beat red things coming out of my neck, you know? New York. Yeah, it's combat, right? It's combat, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, Brian, uh, before we started recording and before you guys got here, we were talking a little bit about how, well, I was talking about how some of the music I used to listen to has language in it, and which I still love, but... You know, once I got older and I had kids and I started to like remove the foul language from my life for sake of my kids, like some of the music, I was like, oh, that's that sounds different to me now. Right. But so I had to stop. I had to stop the like craziness. Sure. Where was I going with this? You were oh, driving to New York yeah, and you were hanging, hanging out the window yeah, yelling at yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I've gotten better and better over the years. And now my what I do is I go, that's a bad driver. <laughs> <laughs> it is called. Old me, new me. Yeah, it is called. So now my kids, my kids are like, dad, is that a bad driver? <laughs> You're like, dang straight. So it doesn't have the profanity, but... Kind of has the intention, oh, sure. but sure. I don't yeah. know that. It's <laughs> a calm, much calmer version <laughs> yeah. of it, right? That driver? Awesome. <laughs> you know it is. Yeah. I love it. I think it's also important to, uh, so in being a model and kind of teaching your kids how to uh, get through failures or difficulties, mm-hmm. I think it's important to let them see you fail. Mm-hmm. It's hard because obviously you want to be perfect in your kid's eyes. Yeah. But we've mentioned at least a million times that we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I think allowing your kids to see you fail and struggle and get through that so that you can model that behavior is really important at all ages because, I mean, they're going to face different types of challenges at every stage of their life. And so learning what it looks like and what it feels like to fail and find some way of getting back up or finding an alternate route, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to keep moving forward, I think is really crucial Mm -hmm. in their development. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, so as you guys all know, I lost my job. Is that just last week? Yeah. Yeah. 
this a week ago? Well, anyways, I lost my job. And I was really, I mean, obviously, you know, that's a hard thing to have happen. And I didn't know how to come home and tell my boys. Sure. And I, I don't want them to look at me differently. You know, I was, I was embarrassed. Yeah. And, but I went home and I told them and August, you could see him. He got like, he started to get really sad. And I was like, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to be okay. I'm going to get another job. We're going to figure it out. And then he said, and then, he, and then all of a sudden he got this like quizzical look on his face. And he looked at me, he goes, he goes, does that mean you're going to be around more? <laughs> and I go, yeah. And he's like, great. Lose <laughs> your job more often. Job. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously that, you know, that could be, that is a failure in, in my life, but I've tried to show them that there's a positive side, right? Yeah. We're like spending all this time together. He's on spring break right now. We're building hot wheel tracks and we're just doing <laughs> like all this like really fun stuff together. Um, but I, I hope that he and Fisher are seeing how I'm dealing with it. Yeah. Right. Because they may yeah. not know it now, but I, I hope that that informs them mm-hmm. later in life. Yeah. yeah. When I had that, you know, yeah. we've talked about it offline too. I had the same thing last summer from the same thing being let go by the same company. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we'll, we won't talk about it, but that, that deep, but it, but being how I had, I, I had to do the same thing, how I handled it and how I reacted to things around my boys mm-hmm. at their older age too was critical. Yeah. We talked, we, yes, we shared our frustrations and from time to time we're sarcastic about things and that, but I tried to do things too for them to see how to really kind of over, you know, how can you overcome your trials and your struggles that you're going to go through? But I also too had my down moments and they saw that as well. Yeah. Because they, 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 I think understand and recognize definitely they do more than like, you know, the kids of your age, they understand and recognize the seriousness of it and the pressure that's on us as parents to, um, take care of our families and to provide for our families. And so when, yeah, when you're all of a sudden out of the blue, out of a job, you start immediately. What's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind is how am I going to take care of my family? Panic. I am, I am the bread. I am the one, you know, I'm the breadwinner. I'm, I'm the one, you know, that's, that's the provider. How am I going to do that? And so that was, you know, so I had to keep, had had to keep my game face on and it wasn't always yeah. easy. Yeah. And I mean, and like, and I don't ever want to, sh- um, don't ever want to hide my emotions for my kids. But on this particular instance, I was like, I, you know, I shed some tears over it. It was very hard Yeah, when my wife and I are alone there's like, we have some emotional sort of tough discussions, but I want my kids don't want my kids to see that side in this particular instance, right? I want them to right. know, I want them to feel secure. Sure. That everything's okay. Yeah. Right. That, and yep. if I feel like if I was sad and bummed and, you know, talking about it all the time in a negative way, I feel like they might lose some of that security. Sure. Yep. Which could affect Freaking them. Out, yeah. 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 With their own problems, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, and like say it's applic- is applicable for my older kids too. In that way, I had to still go through the emotions, but still provide that. Yeah, that that comfort that yeah. we're gonna get through this. We're and we all worked. The four of us all came closer together. I felt like we were stronger because of it. We yeah. worked closer together. Yeah, you know the my, Riley, the that you know he's like he's the one that likes to spend his money on all. He's the sneakerhead, yeah. and yeah. you know now <laughs> now that it's warming up, he's like oh, I'm gonna get a new putter and I'm gonna you know spend Ooh. this and that. And last summer it was not. I need to hold off on some of this stuff, you know, cause we were, yeah. I totally, you know, cause he got where, where things were. Yeah. He knew that he couldn't come. Hey mom, dad, can you help me get this? He's like, mm-hmm. no, I need to work. I need to earn it myself. You know, I it just know where we are. Moment. That's cool. Right. 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 <laughs> right. right. I was like, sweet. He listened a little bit. <laughs> he can be taught. <laughs> so as we're sort of nearing the end, I want to kind of come back to this sort of moment at the door. We've all been there, whether you have it with older kids or when you had younger kids, we're trying to get out the door. We're, we're, we either got to be somewhere on time or whatnot. And they're either not putting their shoes on like they usually do, or they're not putting their sweater on like they've done a thousand times. Like, how can we, how can we teach them in those moments? And I don't mean to put anybody on the spot. I'm, I'm it just something that's been sort of, yeah, percolating being, as we've been talking, right? Like, yeah, I feel like we have young kids, right? Some of the things we're talking about failure, it's good for young kids, but it might be easier with older kids. Like, I think patience is the big word, you know, whether they're little or older, we still have the moments. It's like, we have to go. Remember yeah, we said we we're going to be in the car at this time. You're big enough and old enough and know. Yeah. So manage your time properly. You know, where when yeah. they're younger, it's the all of a sudden now it's time to leave. I'm going to throw a fit because I don't want to put on that coat. Right. But well, it's so yeah. it's it's patience. And yeah. that I am not always great with well, that. That's, still. that's a high stress moment. Super. Trying to get out the door. Yeah. Going somewhere on time's high stress moment. And multiple times in my life I've asked, okay, boys, I need you to get dressed or boys, I need you to put this in your lunchbox or boys, I need you to, you know, fill in the blank Yep. and I'll come back downstairs and they're like, you know, playing toys, playing it, flower. Or it something. doesn't, yeah. doesn't change when they're, doesn't change when they're 22 and yeah. 18. And it's a very <laughs> easy moment to like lose. It's, you know, like a little bit yeah. like we talked about a couple episodes you know, going to the brink and trying to bring yourself back. It's a yeah. very easy moment to be like, yep. Uh, one job. Not. Cool. You have yeah. one yeah. job. Yeah. You, you have to kind of practice what you're preaching. You know, yeah. you, you tell them like, Hey, calm down, focus. What do you have to do? Don't freak out. Stop throwing your shoes. You know, giving in to the uh, temptation to be frustrated is the adult equivalent mm. of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Right. And so, I don't know, I guess it is, is a uh, test of how well we master that as children. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, <laughs> right. If we can handle it as adults, because right? it's basically the same thing. They're mad at their shoe and I'm mad at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stupid shoe. Who, who will win? So, yeah. Um, yeah, patience. I think patience is huge. I think um, the way to succeed in those moments is, yeah, being patient. I think um, setting your kid up for success by, you know, giving them a heads up beforehand like hey mm-hmm. in a couple minutes this is yeah. what we're gonna do yeah 
And then in the moment of guaranteed, they still will not do it. Um, We've been really trying with Paisley, especially to kind of teach her the concept of, I guess like consequences. So yeah, like, okay. uh, Today was a struggle. She had a soccer game and I'm at work. Brittany is trying to get both girls ready uh, in warm clothes because it's all of a sudden cold again today. So trying to get them ready, get Paisley in all her soccer gear and get them in the car and to the game on time. And uh, both girls are off the walls, not at all like ready to sit down and put stuff on. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't Vaseline involved. Was, was there no Vaseline? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, but Brit did the right stuff and it still was a difficult moment. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so what I heard her say, and this is what we've been attempting to, to teach Paisley is kind of laying out what the consequence will be, which was, okay, you're really struggling to put all your soccer stuff on. If we don't leave in time, you're going to be late for your game. I know you really want to go to your game, but if we don't get your soccer stuff on now, we're going to miss some of your game and you're not going Mm. to get to play. And so that kind of started to click a little bit for Paisley where she was like starting to recognize that by choosing not to put her stuff on, she was taking away time from her game. Mm. And so bedtime is another big time like, trigger point for this exact type of scenario. Mm-hmm. So typical routine for us is we'll go upstairs, get jammies, brush teeth, and then do like a couple books, sing a couple songs, say prayers, go to bed. And as they start dragging their feet, it's like, okay, I've asked you to, you know, do this thing, whatever it is, put jammies on or whatever. If you're taking too long, we're not going to have enough time to read a book. Mm-hmm. So it starts to take away from some of their bedtime routine because they're delaying, they're stalling. Yeah. And I think that that's starting to resonate a little bit more with Paisley. Um, and that's like the the thing that we're trying to teach her, I think, in that moment is like understanding the consequences behind like mm-hmm. what your choices now are going to affect in the future. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know, for me, it helps me feel like I have a bad guy to blame, which is my kids delaying instead of me being the bad guy and like forcing them to run out the door. It's like, okay, this is your choice. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of get to put the blame back on my kid, but I I get to teach her like, because of your choice, this is what's going to happen. Well, and I think that, I mean, we do some things similar to that and it helps us and helps me be calmer be calmer yeah because i can give them a choice right also yes bedtime uh, can be a high stress moment and if they want to do a then they lose b yeah and you say okay you guys want to do a you lose b and then when it's they're getting in bed and they're like we want b what we want b and i'm like but you chose a and they're like you know Cry, cry, it's not cry, as cry. easy as like, yeah. oh, Throw okay, a tantrum. but eventually it's much in a much easier uh, solution, I think, than just being like, look, you didn't do what I said, so you don't get this, right? Or forcing them to do. Yeah, if you can g- a, B, give them whatever choice ahead of time. And I think that works for, I, I would imagine, mm-hmm. works for kids of 
Yeah. All ages, yeah. right? Because if you, know, you stop and do your hair now, you will not meet the pretty girl that you're doing your hair for. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful moment when kids begin to understand consequences. And uh, what I've noticed is um, it it under it gives the child a concept or an understanding that they have um, power over their own fate. Yeah. You know, like I can actually get what I want. If I listen to mom and dad and do what they're telling me, then I can achieve my goal. That is within my grasp. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like when I watch Robin think that through, I can see the cogs like turning their <laughs> eyes. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just, just give in. Just, yeah, <laughs> but they begin to understand like, okay, I am actually in control of the situation. You know, to the extent that my three-year-old has mastered that. Um, but it, it's great. It's very, very satisfying. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I Thanks, gentlemen. That was a good combo. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thanks, everyone, for joining the Father's Four podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care. Peace out. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>